Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Better Call Paul is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. Hey, everyone. This is Paul Sarker from Better Call Paul. Just wanted to remind you that the show is intended for entertainment purposes only and is not legal advice. I am not your lawyer unless we separately agree for me to represent you. And the views expressed by Mesh and me are solely our own. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Better Call Paul, the show where we discuss the legal and business side behind the scenes of Hollywood sports and entertainment. I'm your co-host, Paul Sarker former Marvel lawyer and current big law media attorney. And I'm your other co-host, Mesh Lakani, founder of Lola Media, pop culture enthusiast. Uh, Paul, I got to say, this weekend was a bit heavy for me, given all the uh, SVB and, and tech banking stuff. Um, I probably should have stayed off Twitter all weekend, but, you know, I didn't. So thank God for the Oscars to save me. It was quite the opposite for me. I know there was all the SVB madness, which I was kind of seeing on my phone indirectly, but I had a client event in Sarasota, Florida, which was like, you know, the most beautiful weather you can imagine, <laughs> like 80 and sunny, a couple of clouds in the sky, maybe a little sprinkling of rain at the end of the day, but like just gorgeous weather. You see the ocean. So I think they had a little bit of a red tide, so we didn't go in the water, but it was just great to be there and escape. And there was a lot going on this weekend. South by Southwest That's right. was in Austin and obviously the Oscars in LA. Yeah, I mean, sorry about SVB, but it looks like that may be a topic for the future because there's a lot going on there. But it does look like at least the depositors will be made whole, which is a good thing. Yeah, we should chat about it another time. But so far, it seems like crisis to some degree averted, obviously, We'll see what happens with the banking system. But let's move on to lovelier things, the Oscars. I know. Big flex for Asian filmmakers, talent, and South Asian filmmakers and talent. You know, last night, Oscars, 95th Oscars was in L.A., Dolby Theater, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Recovering from the year before, right. where it was a little bit controversial because we had the slap. Yep. So this Oscars, I think one of the main takeaways was they decided to play it safe. Like the jokes were pretty tame. No one was really a target of anything super offensive. Maybe you could say James Cameron and Tom Cruise. They <laughs> yeah. weren't there. And it was- That was a good one, by the way. And yeah, no, it was. Kimmel did a good job of like poking fun, but not going over the top. I mean, he made fun of the slap. He made fun of James Cameron not being there. Less on Tom Cruise, but uh, I thought he did a good job. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure the direction was like, hey, play it safe. We do not need another controversy after last year. 
So fine, you know, I guess it's probably better than going for something edgy and then offending a bunch of people. Well, also, it's good that they didn't go overly boring. Look, the Oscars in general is is a long, long show, and I think that Jimmy Kimmel made it funny to keep making fun of that, like of how long it was. I was happy with the cocaine bear joke that I thought was great, where Elizabeth Banks came out with a person in a bear suit, and they made a few jokes about the movie, and I thought that was fun. It's a long show, but I think it was actually probably more speedy, if that's like the right word, than than prior years, because I think the presenters were presenting multiple awards, which is helpful. So it didn't feel like it was dragging. And obviously, you know, we don't want to bury the lead. So everything, everywhere, all at once, in case, you know, you haven't already heard, which you must have by now, right? Swept. Won seven Oscars. It was nominated for 11. So that's really, it also is the first film in the 95-year history of the Oscars to win seven Above the Line Awards. It was Uh the third film to win three of the four Best Actor Awards. So just to go kind of in order, um, not chronologically or reverse chronologically, but Michelle Yeoh won Best Actress. Kihei Kwan, Best Supporting Actor. And he he gave a really adorable Great speech. speech. Yeah. Great speech. Look, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I had tears, man. I had tears watching that one. The yeah. refugee camp thing to Oscar winner. It was great. Good story. Yeah. Maybe, and we'll discuss this in a little bit. Jamie Lee Curtis won Best Supporting Actress. It also won Best Film Editing. And the Daniels won Best Director and Best Original Screenplay. And like, great for them, you know? Like, they were a couple years ago maybe 10 years ago, doing music videos, and now they are Oscar-winning Best Directors. Yeah. I mean, look, I think as a big movie fan, and I watched most of these movies, that was the movie that deserved it. It was the most incredible movie out of all of them. And I would say, again, just watching my content on TikTok, people love this movie. I think even after, like, it came out a while ago. March, yeah. So I was, I was under the impression it was just going to get forgotten about. And I think they did make credit to A24, the studio behind the movie, that they just supported it. And it was just so great. I'm very happy that that movie won everything that it did win. And we can discuss the best supporting actress, but good for them. It was a movie that was bold and original, and there's yeah. not, really nothing like it. And we were talking, we had this exact debate during the show because there was a couple awards in a row that All Quiet on the Western Front won, like production yeah. design, cinematography, score, yeah. international film. And I actually thought that could be a dark horse candidate Same. for Best Picture because it was a very beautiful film. Did you watch and it? I did, yeah. And the okay, main, the lead's name is Paul, right? Which is always a good thing. <laughs> and yeah, so bias. I actually thought, you know, like it's maybe not as good as 1917, but- there isn't really, I mean, other than everything, everywhere all at once, you know, you just don't know. So I thought maybe All Quiet on the Western Front could get Best Picture. That's what I thought I too. I liked it more than yeah. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. But I acknowledge that, you know, war movies have been done before. Yeah, look, I agree. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once was super original. It was a fan favorite. It was beautifully made. Now, here's the thing. I will go watch all quiet on the western front now just based on all the awards it won because it, it that went over my head i didn't really even pay attention to it until last night where i was like i should probably watch this movie and i was watching it with my sister and she said the same thing so you know the oscars just um again what they do is these movies win awards and you want to go see them or at least see what all the fuss is about well right and so i actually saw it when the nominations came out because, right? okay, okay. I, you know, I try to see, if possible, you know, time permitting, 
all the, at least the best picture nominees. And I wasn't able to this year, but I definitely wanted to see All Quiet on the Western Front because that's a genre. I really liked 1917. And I felt like if 1917 were in was that great. sort of vein, I would really enjoy it. And everything everywhere all at once, it was just, there's a lot going on. I almost feel like because I was watching it with subtitles and then, you know, they also have the Chinese language translation. So there's like two sets of words on the screen at the same time. And I was sort of reading both of those. And then, and it was just a very... And I, I, I agree, like best film editing for sure, because the amount of things they were able to yeah, pack into that movie. Yeah. And, and, uh, and and I think it really resonated with the younger audience. But then also, you know, when it won all these awards and it wasn't just the Oscars that it won, it seemed like it was just one of those films that was kind of a force of nature. Yeah, look, I, I, I mean, I'm very happy with it. I think that was great. Nothing was overly surprising at the Oscars this year. Do we want to take a break, then come back and talk about some of the things that we liked, some of the things that we didn't like, and you know, potential snubs, if you want to call them that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, Paul, so I think one of the lovely moments of the Oscars that you hope there are these individuals that you really think deserve the Oscar and you hope that they get it. It's a great comeback story. I think Kihi Kwan was one of them. Obviously, everything, everywhere, all at once. He had done Indiana Jones. He was in the Goonies. He gave a great speech. But let's talk about Brendan Fraser, man. I think that- I know. I think everyone was rooting for this guy. What a comeback. What a beautiful speech. Beautiful speech. Great performance. Austin Butler won Best Actor at the Golden Globes. And I'm not sure exactly, you know, how that went down or why, you know, and I'm not saying he wasn't deserving, but I think there was a little bit of people were wondering, you know, was Brendan Fraser still sort of on the outs? Because I know his career was sort of derailed. There was a lot of controversy. I think he was he said he was assaulted by a, a Hollywood right. executive. Right. And then and after he didn't sort of, right? he wasn't receptive to those advances, his career basically was backburnered for decades. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's great to see him. And I believe that's another A24 film, right? The Whale? Yeah, I think so. You know, A20, I mean, talk about the actual winner. I mean, A24 just continues to smash it. But, you know, Brandon Frazier, I mean, I remember I was a big Encino man Airheads and of course the Mummy. Those were you know right. favorite movies of mine as a George kid. George of the Jungle, plus so. <laughs> you know, I think I was so jealous by how insanely fit he was, and when I learned what he did to get that way, I'm like, that's impossible. So I didn't even watch the movie. 
But other than that, yes, big Brandon Fraser fan. What was the movie where they take over the radio station? That's Airheads. Airheads. Got yeah, it. with yeah. Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi's <laughs> in it. It's a great movie. That's man. a classic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. And Encino Man, which is funny because I watched that. Like I was I was back home in, in, in Bangladesh. I think I watched it in Bangkok. My cousin lived there. And they called it California Man because no one knows what Encino is overseas. So they right. called it California Man. But um, no, that was just a great moment. I think that's what the beauty of the Oscars is. And the beauty of Hollywood is that you can have this like comeback. So, you know, you have two individuals who might like years out later, really beautiful comeback. And so there were some really nice wins like that. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever won for best costume design. Yeah. And then Avatar won for visual effects, which I think is a probably well-deserved win. Yeah. Can you imagine spending billions of dollars on technology and not winning best visual effects? That well, that happens to Marvel every every year, every film, <laughs> right? They true. spend like, yeah, maybe not billions, but yeah, hundreds of millions. Uh, so Avatar, I think, you know, no, no controversy there. Tom Cruise, Top Gun Maverick did kind of, Get shut out. They got sound editing. They did get sound editing. But and this is a theme we can pick up at the end of the show because we we're going to talk about this sort of like looking forward. You know, at the Oscars, is it purely an, an elitist sort of ceremony, or does it actually represent you know what the masses are, are are into? But we'll get we'll get into that as we end the show. What are your head scratchers? We're not going to use the word snub because I don't think that's appropriate. But were there any awards that you felt maybe could have gone a different direction? I think the only one for me was Jamie Lee Curtis winning Supporting Actress. Uh, she did give a great speech. It was, uh, uh, you know, I got emotional just listening to her. It's always nice to see someone who you've watched in the movies forever and they're super happy. Angela Bassett, I think, obviously also deserved it. I could have gone either way because I was I loved her in the movie. And, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis was great in Everything Everywhere All at Once, but... It wasn't like she has to win this. And in my head, it wasn't that she has to win this award. So I think I think generally people feel that that could have gone the other way. But good for her. Yeah. I mean, I, I at the time, I felt like, um, you know, just candidly, this is just my opinion, that Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't even the best supporting actress in everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> yeah. uh, but well, yeah. that it's kind of a... Being the IRS auditor, I guess, is, you know, it's a big departure for her. And she did embody the character. So you can't say she's not necessarily deserving. But I did think that there were other maybe perhaps equally or maybe more deserving candidates for that one. And then my only other head scratcher, not to detract from Guillermo del Toro, obviously, he's the first director to win Best Picture and Best Animated. But I thought Marcel Deschamps with Suzanne should have won uh, Best Animated Feature. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I didn't think it was close. I thought about this when I was watching it. I was certain, just based on your reaction to Marcel the Shell and love for it, that it was going to win. It's an A24 movie. They've done a really great job advertising, and I really want to watch it now. I don't really have an interest in, in Pinocchio. Like, I don't want to— I, I mean, it's been, like, been there, done that, right? Like, yeah, I don't want to watch it again. Pinocchio. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'd rather watch Puss in Boots, but, you know, I think Marcel the Shell should have— also gotten that original, you know? Yeah. Marcel the Shell, if you haven't seen it yet, you got to see it. But Guillermo del Toro, obviously a very talented filmmaker. I just feel like maybe you go with the original work over over something that's, you know, a remake or, or whatever. But okay, so that's, that's a head scratcher. And then let's just dive in real quick into our community, South Asians, which yeah. also had a bit of a moment. I would say 
No disrespect to Lady Gaga, the best performance of the night. 100%. From Triple R, Not Too, Not Too. 100%. India's first Oscar for best song from Triple R, Not Too, Not Too. Well, here's the other thing about Not Too, Not Too before you go on. It's that the crowd was getting bored, man. Like, they brought this energy No, it was was a necessary, like, injection of energy (laughs) to the whole thing, a standing ovation. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was, they crushed it. And it was, it's, I mean, it's a great celebration. And I think when they won the Oscar, you know, I think they said this is for all of India, right? Like everyone that's an actor, actress, working in film, in all of the Indian genres, Bollywood and and others are are sort of like receiving this award on their behalf. And, And so that was great. And then they also won Best Documentary Short with The Elephant Whisperer. Yes, that was cool. Jess and I were supposed to see in New York, there was a, a, sh- a screening from the film Independent a couple weeks ago. We showed up like four minutes late and they didn't let us in. And it was oh, no. It was also, there was a Q&A moderated by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, no way. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a big fan of his. So I was very excited. And we just got there. At, like it started at seven. We got there at, like 704 and they didn't let us in. It was crushed. Oh, that's a bummer. I mean, it looked really cool. The, the, the speech was very sweet. And I think, yeah, I think it was just generally a good representation of South Asian filmmaking at the Oscars. And and I will say the the not too not too performance, I think one could say maybe more musical numbers at the Oscars just to bring a bit of energy because otherwise it's just people walking up presenting and you know, eventually you have a maybe a good speech that comes out of it, but you need more energy in these things. Well, yeah, and I think that has sort of come up at the end of the show when we talk about uh, sort of the Oscars moving, moving forward. But I agree with you that a number like that, what gets the crowd sort of on its feet when you have that much energy as opposed to someone sort of singing about, I mean, Lady Gaga was great, but like, like a slow ballad is not necessarily going to get anyone like up and out of their seat in the yeah. same way. Yeah, And so also leading up to the Oscars, Priyanka Chopra and her manager, Anjula Acharya, uh, and a buddy of mine, Sean Gupta, they had a South Asian excellence party on Thursday. I guess it was at Paramount. And they were celebrating the fact that there were so many nominees. So, you know, the leaders of South Asians in entertainment, like Mindy Kaling, Aziz Ansari, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, and, you know, in the modern era. And the fact that there's so many up-and-coming stars and people getting nominated. Yeah, then you had Malala Yousafzai. Yeah, she got nominated for, I guess she was associated with a short film as well that didn't win, but she got a nomination. And there was also at South by Southwest, there was a South Asian house for the first time. So really? all South Asian films. Yeah, we would have liked to check that out. Jessica actually worked on a film that premiered at South by Southwest, but we were in Florida, so we weren't able to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was cool. Like Riz Ahmed was there, Riz Ahmed, Pakistani British actor. And I remember last year you said if there were a Better Call Paul the movie, you thought Riz Ahmed would play me, which I you know is flattering. I mean, look, the guy's a stud. You know, I think yeah. Pedro Pascal would play me, but you know, that's just that's my choice. But uh, he's Peruvian. But oh yeah, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> last of Us went up against the Oscars last night, which we'll talk about. Uh, I, I know, I know. And, and funny enough, like, as again, I've, I've been watching it, you've been watching it. I did not watch it last night to prep for this conversation by watching the Oscars, but it was funny to see him on stage presenting an award when he has probably one of the best shows on TV's finale happening at the exact same time. So that was pretty funny. And there were probably 50 ads for The Mandalorian, which is his other show. Oh, my God. Can we talk about the fact that, like, I was sitting there (laughs) 
And uh, um, when they decided to present a preview of The Little Mermaid, I kind of was looking around. I'm like, what is happening right now? I, I was so confused. I'm like, did this movie already come out? Was it nominated for Best Picture? Because why are they even showing a preview of this movie? Then realizing, uh, you know, Disney, ABC connection and that I started paying attention and noticed that there was more than that. There was Mandalorian ads. There was, Hulu. you know. Hulu as Catch the bears coming out. You know, I was just like, what is happening here? I think the company you keep was advertised on every commercial break. <laughs> the sexiest show on television. And now I want to watch it. I got to say, it, it was effective. It, it, it did feel very like, okay, let's take this opportunity to just push our content, which I totally understand why one would do that. Oh, it makes sense. Totally. Uh, I'm going to watch yeah. The Little Mermaid. They got me. I got goosebumps watching this thing. But I've never seen a preview of a movie done at the Oscars before. Yeah, I don't think I have either. So actually, let's take a quick break and jump back into exactly this topic and also sort of the future of the Oscars and award shows in general. So, Mesh, you bring up an interesting point, which is ABC has been hosting the Oscars since 1976. It's under contract to ABC and through 2028. And the question is, you know, does the Oscars stay on network television? Does it stay at ABC? One of the things you just pointed out is that Disney is able to use the show as a platform to market its other products like Hulu, yeah. uh, Disney Plus. And it also can sell the ads, right? So in the yeah. three and a half hour show at $2 million for every 30 second commercial, they made about 125 million in ad revenue. And Jeez. that's kind of declining actually relative to, maybe not the, the top line number, but viewership, no question has been declining. So, you know, just looking back in 2000, just as a data point, 46 million people watched the Oscars. In 2021, the low, it was actually just over 10 million. So if you think yeah. about that, that's like yeah. a pretty precipitous SVB-like decline. <laughs> um, but it bounced back in, and it went up by to about 15 million last year. And I guess you could say that was probably attributable to the slap. Yeah. Uh, so this year's show the Nielsen ratings or Nielsen is reporting that there were just under 19 million viewers, which is a you know, several million increase from 2021. Um, still not quite at half of the peak in 2020. But if you look at it in sort of comparison to something like the Super Bowl, where ad spots were six to $7 million for 30 seconds, and you got 115 million viewers, and ad spots for the Oscars were $2 million and it's 20 million viewers. It almost makes the Super Bowl look like a better deal. Obviously, you know, some of that is unpredictable given, um, you know, the Oscars could be at a higher number and, and whatever else. But uh, regardless, you know, it's a big draw. It's not necessarily as big as, um, you know, football telecasts, but it's a, it's a big show. And a lot of people are watching it, even though it has been declining. You watch the highlights, I feel. You go on YouTube and you just watch the highlights. And that 19 million number that Nielsen reported doesn't include the full three-day streaming window or C3 window. And some people, although I don't know how many people are going to be watching the Oscars after the fact uh, because the suspense factor is gone. And they may be watching the clips sort of on social media too. And that's, a, that's another problem when we try to think about, well, what's the decline in viewership and does this make sense? 
to remain at ABC when shows like the Golden Globes are looking for a new home. They've been at NBC for 27 years, but there's no guarantee that continues. And the Country Music Awards are moving to Amazon Prime and the SAG Awards are going to be on Netflix. So there's a question about whether the Oscars make sense on a network platform. And so just to take it back, so the viewership is declining, although there's still a lot of value add for Disney because they can promote their other stuff. And, you know, if 20 million people watch it, that's not nothing. I mean, it's not like a football telecast, but it's not bad. Yeah. But one of the things I'm reading is that people think the Oscars are starting to become or maybe continuing to become elitist. And so it doesn't necessarily reflect the views of the majority of the country and sort of somewhat out of touch because, well, you have these $125,000 gift bags where people are getting like Botox yeah. and arm liposuction <laughs> and- and other like plastic surgery. And then they're also getting like a $40,000 vacation in a Canadian resort and like a three-day stay in an Italian resort. And so there's all these things that like, it's great if you're nominated and you get, you know, you certainly deserve whatever comes your way. But when a lot of people are sort of struggling to make ends meet, to get a gift bag like that might just seem sort of like, uh, you know, Marie Antoinette, like let them have have Botox. It reminds me of that episode of The Sopranos where Christopher robs the woman who gets the gift basket and he's in LA like trying to get into the movie business and so he's like I don't understand like Ben Kingsley he has this gift basket he's like why do you get that gift basket you already make so much money it's all free he's so confused so he decides to rob one of these women of their gift basket I think that probably represented the feelings of a lot of people right and you and I get it right like it's about exposure you know if you're sponsoring something and you have someone that's going to be in front and center and have 15 million people or 25 million people like looking at what they're wearing or looking yeah. at them, yeah. then that's great advertising, right? So you put, you give them, you know, several thousand dollars. That's the name of the game, man. That's the capitalism world that we exist in. You know, I mean, look, I think would love to get in Hollywood, get an Oscar, and then what comes from that? I mean, you work all your way just to get those gift baskets, and we'll see how long it lasts for some people, but I agree. I think, to your point, are the Oscars elitist? I think to some degree, of course, like anything in Hollywood, red carpet, blah, 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 is kind of elitist to some degree. I think they did a good job this year, just generally like representing different cultures and communities. I would say that they just need to do something a bit different to get you to sit there for three and a half hours. More not to, not to. More not to, not to. More performance. More performance. And I think the singing and dancing with like a larger group of people is probably, you know, I would vote for that. I also think some of this is inevitable given social media, given the news cycle, and given the fact that the award shows are based on the suspense of finding out who's going to win. And if you can just go on you know, on your phone and see, you know, the highlights in a couple minutes and you get a list of the winners and you see sort of the highlights of the performances and the the best acceptance speeches, like it kind of defeats the purpose of sitting there for three and a half hours. So yeah. unless you're sort of invited to the event or have, you know, you're representing someone that's in it or you're in a movie that's that's been nominated, I just don't know if it has the same relevance. And then maybe it makes sense on a streaming platform, but I wonder if, and this is just maybe conspiracy theory, like if it were at a streaming platform, let's say they had a 10-year deal with a streaming platform like Hulu. I wonder if that would impact the legitimacy of the awards and and who gets them. Because yes. it's like, okay, well, why would you go away from where your bread is buttered? 
And Netflix won a ton of awards with um, All is Quiet on the Western Front and others. And, and then you wonder if it were at a streaming platform, would that be the same case? Well, yeah. I mean, no matter where it goes, there's going to be some type of bias. You can't go anywhere without having some bias to some studio or some conglomerate that might own the studio or platform. I think it's just more, can they take more risk on a streaming platform? Can they make it a bit more you know, exciting and, and not be so tame. I, I think that's one of the things with the Oscars is like it has become tame, then it doesn't become tame, then they have to tame it down again. But I think to your point, like the Elizabeth Banks cocaine bear joke, I thought was actually like, I was surprised that they let that on ABC, but I thought that was one of the funnier moments on TV. And uh, I would like to see more of that. It's kind of the same reason why I just don't watch network TV anymore. Like if it's on Netflix, if it's on Amazon Prime, if it's on Hulu, if it's on HBO, I'm watching it. So like, what would the Oscar version of that look like? So I think it is good to have a broad audience. And I also think it makes sense to have it be on network television. But I do think there's maybe two advantages to being on an SVOD, which would be, you know, you don't have to disclose ratings numbers. So if 20 million people see it or 30 million people see it or whatever, you don't necessarily have to disclose that. And you don't have runtime limitations, right? So it's not yeah. running up against local news or whatever late night show right, would normally right. follow it. But I think some decline is inevitable given social media and the news cycle and just the attention spans and the fact that streaming is so prevalent. But I liked seeing it on network TV and I think it will remain there. More musical performances would help. And the acceptance, by the time you've seen like four different award shows, you kind of know what the acceptance speech is going to say. So yeah. yes, there's there's Kihei Kwan and, and he did a great job, but like some of it becomes repetitive. It, repetitive. Yeah, I would say actually the favorite parts are, are really when Jimmy Kimmel's coming on and he's interacting with the audience. Like those are the best parts and occasionally like a good acceptance speech. But there's just a lot of like dead time. There's like a lot of time and there's a lot of awards that you're just kind of like, okay, can we rush through these a bit more? I will say that the set design was really, really great. I think it just needs to be more of an interactive, like you want to, in my opinion, you want to see the host interact with the celebrities. Like that's what we're here to see. You know, I want to see more of that. And I thought that was the best part of the show. I mean, overall, I would say it's a success. No controversy to speak of, celebrated diversity, everything everywhere all at once, big winner, all quiet on the Western Front, big winner, and South Asians on the come up. So what more can you ask for? I think it was great. I think that's a good summary. And I would say, yeah, not a bad Oscar. So congrats to all the winners. All right, well, Paul, well, that's our show for this week. Good to discuss the Oscars. Next week, we'll be back, folks. And make sure that you're subscribed on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you choose to listen. Better Call Paul is produced and edited by Valentino Rivera and assistant producer Lisa Sanders. Have a great week. Thanks, everyone.